Parshat Kedoshim, The Lost Art of Rebuke, Parameters for Interpersonal Feedback. The Torah contains laws that govern diverse aspects of our lives. The Parshat Kedoshim includes many rules that regulate how man relates to humanity around him. These obligations express an array of values. In uh, Vayikra chapter 19, verse 17, Vayikra Yud Tet Yud Zion, we read, Lo tisna et achicha bilvavecha, hocheach tochiach et amitecha, volotisa alav chet. You should not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke him. And the word amitecha is, means you're uh, another member of your nation. It means your fellow. Volotisa alav chet. And you should not bear a mistake uh, on his account. It is a biblical obligation to provide feedback to one's fellow regarding his behavior. We are commanded to avoid harboring hatred in our heart, and rather to express our concerns verbally. Samson Raphael Hirsch, in his commentary on the Humash, states, quote, In our verse we are told, do not hate your brother in your heart, but reprove him to bring him to self-awareness. This, then, is the duty incumbent upon us, whenever it seems to us that someone has wronged us. We are to forget the wrong and not allow it to affect our attitude toward him. Or, if we are incapable of this, we must not allow dark hatred to arise in our heart, but are to reprove him candidly and directly, and thus enable him to explain or make amends for his conduct. End quote. Refersh explains that we are required to address a perceived wrong with our fellow. Ideally, we should not take it personally. But even if this is difficult, we cannot simply let the perceived wrong fuel a negative attitude toward him. We must give him the opportunity to explain and provide context. The Rambam formulates this biblical command in his book of mitzvot, and he says the 205th mitzvah is that, quote, we are commanded to admonish a person who is performing a transgression or who is preparing to do so. One must verbally warn him and admonish him. We are not allowed to say, I will not sin, and if someone else sins, that's between him and God, or between him and his God, unclear. Um, this attitude is contrary to Torah. Rather, rather we are commanded not to transgress, nor to allow another Jew to transgress, end quote. The Rambam explains that this mitzvah of hocheach tochiach, of, of uh, giving feedback, requires us to verbally engage with others regarding their transgressions. We do not simply say that someone else's challenges are irrelevant to us. The Torah requires a degree of interpersonal awareness and collective responsibility. We know from personal experience that providing effective feedback is a significant challenge. This makes providing feedback difficult. People do not want to be criticized and are by nature resistant to feedback. The Gemara acknowledges this issue and discusses a guiding principle that provides some parameters. In Talmud Bavli Yavamot Samachayam Bet, we read, V'amar Rebbe Ilah, Mishum Rebbe Ilazar Bar Shimon, Keshem Shem Mitzvah Adam Lomar Davar Hanishma, Kach Mitzvah Al Adam Shalom Lomar Davar Sha'enu Nishma. So Rabbi Allah, uh, from Rabbi Elazar, uh, son of Shimon, says the following. Just as we are commanded, a person is commanded to say something that will be listened to, so too he is also commanded not to say something that won't be listened to. Rabbi Ava Omer Chova, and this is an obligation, Shana'amar, as it says, Al tochach leitz pen yisna'echa hochiach lechacham vayehavecha. So he quotes a verse in Mishle from chapter 9, 8, which says, Do not rebuke the cynic, lest he'll hate you, but rebuke the wise, 
and he will love you. The Meiri comments on our Gemara and says, Even though he says you should surely rebuke your fellow, even a hundred times. This is only when you know that he'll accept it or by default. Meaning, that you don't know whether or not he will accept it. That's what the default means. In love or not, right? But if you know that he's not going to accept it, you're not obligated. It's the opposite. It really is the opposite. We're warned not even to bring up the issue to them. And he quotes our Gemara directly that just as a person is commanded to say something that will be listened to, so too we're commanded not to say something that won't be listened to, that will be rejected. as it says, right? Do not rebuke the cynic, uh, because he'll hate you, rebuke the wise, and he'll love you. So the Miri explains clearly that despite the obligation to give feedback, this only applies when one knows it will be accepted or by default. But if one knows it will not be accepted, we are warned not to give that feedback, because it'll be, it will be rejected. He quotes a verse in Proverbs stating that rebuking a cynic will only create hatred. It is the wise that will appreciate receiving feedback. And it's interesting you know, that paints a very high level of, uh, of a situation. You have to have someone who's wise who will really appreciate the feedback. And the Gemara in Erechin, Tet Zion Amud Bet, so Erechin 16b in Bavli says, Tanya Rabbi Tarfon, Tmahani Ani, Imyesh Bedor Hazesh, Makabal Tochacha. Right? So um, he said, Ruby Tarfan says, I wonder if this generation can really accept feedback. If one guy says to another, hey, remove this splinter from between your eyes, um, he'll say back to him, we'll move the big beam from between your eyes, meaning he'll just push back. I wonder myself if there are people in this generation who know how to properly give feedback. So the Gemara builds off the principle stated in Proverbs and articulated by the Meiri. Indeed, only the wise appreciate feedback. Rabbi Tarfan Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah acknowledge that only people operating on a certain level, perhaps even absent in their generation, are capable of receiving or providing effective feedback. Rav Hirsch outlines an important premise and factor, and he writes further in his commentary on our verse above in Vayikra 1917, quote, the mitzvah of rebuke is based on arevut, the principle that all Jews are responsible for one another, as regards to the fulfillment of mitzvot. If this mitzvah were to be realized in practice, it would transform the moral aspect of the entire world. But it cannot be realized in full unless moral awareness has spread throughout all layers of society, an exalted level that, as our sages lamented centuries ago, has not been attained. For the mitzvah to reprove depends on the readiness to accept reproof. If all are obligated to reprove one another, they must also be ready to expect, accept reproof from one another. Recognizing the objective value of the mitzvah, they must be willing to drop their concern for their own personal interest. Rabbi Tarfan in his time lamented, I doubt if there's anyone in this generation who is ready to accept reproof. If he is told, remove the splinter from between your teeth, he must have a different uh, text. He replies, remove the beam from between your eyes. However, Rabbi Elizabeth ben Azariah, his contemporary, countered, I doubt if anyone in this generation knows how to reprove. So again, you wonder, thinking through that Gemara, they're basically saying there's two sides. Maybe people are sensitive to overly sensitive, but also maybe people lack the art to be able to execute this properly. 
So, Rav Hirsch explains that in order for this mitzvah to be successfully actualized, there must be an orientation across society toward moral development. When this value is pervasive, people will be open to receiving feedback. Perhaps even on the side of giving feedback, it is only artfully and effectively executed when it springs from a genuine desire to facilitate and support the development of others. Similar to the Rambam, the individual must have an awareness of his responsibility to others, and the group of individuals must collectively share this ideal. Only a society that values personal development can harness their collective power to advance together.